Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. Hello, I'm Nick Spasic. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Twitch of the Death Nerve and Horror Business. And this week on Horror Business, Liam said some very nice things about us. I thought that was really sweet. Oh, as a longtime horror business listener, it was very exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is always so nice to have your name thrown out on another podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel special. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately the show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com/slash Cinepunks. That is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Another way to help would be to support the Cinepunk sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters, which is EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. E-S-S-E-X coffee roasters. Uh, they offer a specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex founder Aaron Dahlbeck spent years on the road in touring bands, often questing for that great cup of coffee between shows. That experience informs Essex as they strive to make high quality coffee accessible to people across the country. Many coffees are stored for months after roasting, offering a stale cup. Essex roasts each order as they come in to ensure your quality at home. Essex Coffee, Roaster, Essex coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you use the code Cinepunks, uh, you get 10% off when you check out. Yeah. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them at xlvacx.com. Cool. Business out of the way. Now it's time for our getting to know you question. And this week, the question is, what is your favorite horror movie remake or reboot? When I saw this was going to be the question this week, I was like, oh, no. I feel like saying the thing is cheating. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I feel like that everybody's <laughs> like, well, yeah, that's obviously the remake. That's the the best one. Um, I'm going to go with something that may or may not be controversial and may or may not also be on my mind because yesterday was Friday the 13th. I'm mm-hmm. going to say the Friday the 13th reboot. Okay. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. And I have gone back to it multiple times. Um, that is the Marcus Nispel uh, 2009 remake, uh, which I wasn't aware, uh, but he was also the one who d- directed the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003. Um, oh. I just, there's something about it. Like, I think I've just, I've seen every Friday the 13th movie multiple times. And the 2009 remake is just basically this amazing, at least to me, um, just like greatest hits. Like you get like all of the best kills. You get like homages to past films and things like that. It's something new where he's like, it's not the, the supernatural being he became later. It's sort of like the earlier version, but an Uber sort of version of it where he's just like a guy who is super not supernaturally but like preternaturally strong and just Mm -hmm. like 
a just one stone cold killer. Um, I think it's super fun. Um, I, it's, it's really tight. It's re like the, it, it has, <clears throat> sorry. It has like just a superb amount of like people, uh, from that era. Like it is very 2009. Yeah. Uh, Jared Padalecki, um, and Willa Ford, uh, which I think, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like I really, I, I, it's, it's, that is my favorite. That is the one that I repeatedly rewatch and have never not enjoyed. What is it for you? I think that mine might be um, equally a little bit controversial or maybe not. I don't know. Um, my favorite is the Amityville horror remake with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I'm not saying it's the best and it doesn't even probably do anything different with the story i happen to like the amityville amityville story which is obviously completely false (laughs) i don't think i mean there are people who do say it's true i don't you know i think there's enough evidence to say it's probably not but that uh, that's neither here nor there no one cares about that um i like the story but i also really like ryan reynolds and i think this was like his first attempt to do something not silly and he really doesn't go silly in it. He really plays it pretty straight. And, you know, he was super handsome in it. So you can't argue that portion of it. I I just think it was a nice update, I guess. Um, and, you know, it's one I can go back. I would probably choose to watch it over the original most times because it's kind of the same thing. But it I just like it a little better. Uh, I will also give a uh, honorable mention to the Black Christmas remake, um, Black Xmas, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a big fan, a fan of uh, that one as well. Um, if you have a remake uh, or reboot that you think deserves more attention, or you want to argue with our choices, uh, hit us up. Yeah. Uh, like I on on the socials or at Carnage Report Pod at Gmail, um, and we will be more than happy to present those arguments uh, on the next episode. So now that we're we're done with getting to know you, it is time for New Nightmares, which is our roundup of trailers, things new to streaming, coming to theater soon, so on and so forth. What do you have to start us off, Julie? Our first one is a new Christina Ricci movie, and this has actually been on our list to cover for at least an episode, maybe two. We just haven't gotten to it yet, so it's not new, new news, but it is news. Uh, the movie is called Monstrous, starring Christina Ricci. Um, it's sort of like a like a Lovecraftian swamp monster situation, kind of a out of the frying pan and into the fry into the fire. As uh, Christina Ricci's character and her son are fleeing an abusive ex husband and trying to settle into a new life that seems like it's going to be real great at this lakeside farmhouse. And then it looks like maybe it's not so great. And maybe something real scary comes out of the drains and the 
the swamp nearby. I guess it's a lake. It looks really swampy in the trailer. Um, also, if you are a person who doesn't want things spoiled, I probably wouldn't watch this trailer because it shows a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it looks good. Like it, it's, it looks like it's set maybe in the 50s or 60s or at least has that kind of sensibility. And it just looks pretty and <laughs> swampy and creepy. And, you know, we love Christina Ricci here. I think most people in the horror sphere love Christina Ricci. Uh, So we should also mention that she has been added to the Adams family cast. No, she has been added to the, the series Wednesday. That's what I'm trying to say. Excuse me. I get my Munsters and my Adams family confused. (laughs) So Netflix has a new series coming out, which is about Wednesday specifically kind of growing up. Um, I think we talked about that one a little bit in a previous episode and Christina Ricci will join the cast of that. Um, but obviously not as Wednesday because she's grown up. So <laughs> it's Start. exciting to see her get back in that though. That'll be really cool. Starring a new uh, horror icon, Jenna Ortega. Like, yes. She yes. seems to have just like gone all in on horror. And I think that's just, she's very well suited to it. Yeah, she's killing it. She could be the future Christina Ricci. We're <laughs> 20 years from now, we're talking about the things we watched when she was younger and that she's maybe still in it. That would be really cool. Speaking of people who are leaning really hard uh, in, into horror, but of a different sort, um, there's a trailer that came out a, a week or two ago. Um, it's the new film from Olivia Wilde. Um it is called Don't Worry Darling, which uh, the the she's Olivia Wilde is in it, but also it uh, stars Florence Pugh uh, of Midsommar and Harry Styles, um, who um, is becoming an actor um, and quite a good one in addition to uh, his post One Direction stuff. But uh, the plot synopsis is just like, it's like, an idealized community in the fifties. It's like an experimental company town and there's like a victory project. Um, It looks like this crazy combination of like maybe like Manhattan project style stuff, but with, Oh, like it, I mean, there's definitely some Stepford wives things going on here and it just looks super, super, creepy and um like it looks like a 50s movie too which is like i really appreciate about the trailer it's like oh man it just it it looks like it's going to be fun and it is out september 23rd from warner brothers and um you'll probably hear more from us about it as it comes out yeah the trailer for this one looks so good and i haven't actually seen harry styles act in anything else yet except for saturday night live but (laughs) Uh, he looks like he's going to do a good job. I'm excited. And I love Florence Pugh. Who doesn't? All right. Next up, um, Apple TV has a new series. It actually just came out called The Essex Serpent. Um, it stars Claire Danes and Tom Hiddleston. So heavy hitting cash right off the top. It is set in the 19th century. And it's actually based on a book of the same name, which I have not read yet, but I kind of want to. Uh the trailer is going to give you lots of Claire Danes making that Claire Danes face that she makes. <laughs> um, but the uh, so the basic synopsis is 
The Essex Serpent follows London widow Cora Seaborn, who moves to Essex to investigate reports of a mythical serpent. She forms a surprising bond of science and skepticism with the local pastor, but when tragedy strikes, locals accuse her of attracting the creature. So it it kind of gives the vibe that you're not sure if there even really is a creature, which I think is really cool. And and it also has like a oppressive religion overtones, which is maybe a little too real right now, but still probably worth watching. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's making me want to finally break down and subscribe to Apple TV, which I have not done yet. But they've got so much good stuff, and this one it looks good. Uh, what does not look good, but also looks like fun, uh, is this movie. <laughs> I can't even remember how I found this trailer, but it is for a movie that comes out uh, in June, uh, June 3rd, uh, from director and writer Paul Dale. It is called Sewer Gators. Uh, <laughs> the plot synopsis is when killer alligators unleash, unleash chaos from the sewers of a of a small Louisiana town. It's up to a local sheriff, an alligator expert, and an old gator hunter to kill the beasts. Uh, if you watch the trailer, it is 100% a bunch of Jaws and Chud jokes. <laughs> um, don't care. Like, I will probably watch this. Like, the CGI looks incredibly silly, but it also looks... I mean, I've been surprised before, and I have a feeling um, this will pop up on uh to be at some point to watch for free but it, it also says live streaming on youtube for free on june 3rd that will be super the, and the thing about it is also like it gives me like a real lake placid vibe which i feel yeah. like a movie that has definitely gotten a lot of reappraisal in recent years um mm. so uh but it will also be available on dvd blu-ray and vhs so who doesn't love the killer gator man <laughs> we have a lot of aquatic going on in the news yeah on this one and to break away from that remember maybe you all heard that a new fire starter speaking of remakes and reboots a new fire starter was getting made i know i heard about it i was stoked and then i didn't hear another thing and then all of a sudden oh it's happened it's on your tv or your movie theater you can go see it now it is streaming on peacock it's always showing in some theaters it stars zach efron and uh, not really a newcomer, but young actress, Ryan Kira Armstrong. She's done a few things. Um, I actually watched it last night. I thought it was pretty good. It's not perfect. Um, Zac Efron does a great job. It's creepy. The effects are great. Uh, the director, Keith Thomas, did The Vigil a couple years ago, which was oh, actually yeah. one of my favorite films of 2020. Uh, this is completely different than that. So... But this is only his second feature, and uh, it looks like he's got some skills that he's going to take into the future as well. So, you know, give Firestarter a chance if you have Peacock or if you're going to the theater. I think it would be really cool to see it in the theater. I watched it at home, but I think it would be really, really great in the theater. If you're not familiar with the story, it's, you know, it's a couple of parents who have um, telekinetic and such it's the, the typical Stephen King these people have the shine uh kind of thing and and they have a daughter who shines even harder and can light fires with her brain and you know she's also an adolescent so that's problematic and things get lit on fire <laughs> lots of things get lit on fire so yeah lots of fire I'm sure that was expensive to make 
I really, really want to see it because it has Michael Gray eyes uh, as John Rainbird, uh, which is, I think, one of the problematic things of a lot of movies, like up until like the last five or so years is that like a lot of like native characters were not played by native actors. Yeah. Um, And if you're a genre fan, you might recognize Michael Gray eyes from having been in um, Jeff Barnaby's blood quantum where he absolutely kicks ass uh and if you don't uh recognize him from that you maybe you recognize him from the peacock series rutherford falls which is coming back and i'm very not horror but he's great in it he did a great job in firestarter too his character was probably my favorite character i gotta watch it um we have Sad news. Um, on uh, Sunday, um, May 8th, uh, actor uh, Fred Ward died uh, at 79. Um, no cause of death has been given, but uh, like fans of horror like obviously knows know him as Earl from Tremors, um, as well as like several of the Tremors sequels. Um, also, he was in The Crow's Salvation and True Detective, oh. and also he played uh harry philip lovecraft in cast a deadly spell which is very weird because they didn't announce his death until late this week but earlier this week i watched cast a deadly spell for the first time just because it's on it it was an hbo like made for hbo movie uh when Mm -hmm. it came out in the 90s and i was just like oh i've got it's on hbo max i've been meaning to see it which it's fun like if you like noir but you also like lovecraft check it out all right and uh everything old is new again news (laughs) hollywood uh come up with a new old idea and that is a prequel to the omen it's an idea that's been kind of kicking around uh at least since 2016 but it looks like it's finally got legs uh the director is slated to be arkasha stevenson i hope i didn't mess up that first name and she's done TV before. She did some episodes of maybe all of the, epi- well, she did all the episodes of Channel Zero Butcher's Block, which was great. She also did episodes of Legion and Brand New Cherry Flavor. Um, and she's going to handle the rewrite with partner Tim Smith. I don't know that it's coming anytime soon, probably in pre-production, but it looks like they're going to try to look at exactly how this, you know, devil spawn Damien came to be. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, something all for you, Damien. (laughs) It's my favorite line from any (laughs) horror movie. (laughs) Just anybody is like, "Oh, thanks for doing that." It's all for you, Damien. I say it to my cats a lot. Uh, so, uh, speaking of old and new, and I don't even know a way to preface this. So, um, uh, for those familiar with the myriad, um, franchises under the full moon, uh, features, uh, header, um, one of the ones you have definitely seen on uh, bargain, you know, like 20 movies over five DVD collections is the film evil bong. Um, that, that, or, uh, is, uh, finally, that series is finally finishing, um, uh, mm-hmm. after Evil Bong 2, King Bong, Evil Bong 3D, The Wrath of Bong, Evil Bong 420, Evil Bong High Five, Evil Bong 666, <laughs> Evil Bong 777, 
the crossover movie Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong, uh, a spinoff called the Ginger Weed Man. Uh, we are now finally, it is now coming to an end with Evil Bong 888 Infinity High. Um, I have never seen any of these movies. Um, <laughs> I own several of them, ostensibly. Um, uh, it's coming out soon. Um, if you watch the trailer, it will... I think if you like to smoke weed and watch bad movies uh, and you want to throw Charlie Band some money, um, check it out. Uh, he's a weird dude. I got to interview him earlier this year when his autobiography came out. Uh, he finds a way. Like I, He's like a less crazy Lloyd Kaufman, but still crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the target demo for this movie. I can tell you that. <laughs> and that's okay. Someone is. Now, last episode, we talked about David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future, which is coming out this summer. Um, and I guess he's not going to he's not going to sit still because he's already setting up his next project. It is called The Shrouds, and it's going to star Vincent Castle. Uh, the film centers on Karsh, an innovative businessman and grieving widower who builds a device to connect with the dead inside a burial shroud. So I don't, that sounds pretty cool. I'm very curious. A little bit more on the plot is uh, on the verge of breaking into the internet. Okay. Revolutionary business on the verge of breaking into the international mainstream when several graves within the cemetery are vandalized and nearly destroyed, including that of Karsha's wife. While he struggles to uncover a clear motive for the attack, the mystery of who wrought this havoc and why will drive Karsh to reevaluate his business, marriage, and fidelity to his late wife's memory, as well as push him to new beginnings. That's written a little weird, but it sounds like he's uh, trying to contact the dead. So that should be interesting. Um, I can't wait to see how that shapes up. Filming doesn't begin until March tw uh, 2023, so let's not get too excited, but it's cool to know that that's on the horizon. Yes. Um, we've talked a lot about festivals and stuff like that uh, over the last few episodes. Um uh, here's something that everybody can do and it won't like break your bank um, on Saturday, um, May 21st will be Agfa Drome 2, uh, which is a sequel to last year's uh, virtual fundraising telethon that the American Genre Film Archive, Agfa, did. Um, this year, um, Agfa's Brett Berg and Joe Ziemba will present six hours of unmissable film programming from the Agfa vault. Um, if you like check out on Letterboxd, like what they did last year, it was like a crazy selection of like shorts and like lost stuff from like the Something Weird vaults and like all of these crazy like films you know like the sort of shorts that you would see rift through like mst3k or um rift tracks um and then they end with like a feature last year the the feature was the movie runaway nightmare which if you've ever seen you know is a hallucinatory experience uh quite unlike anything you may have seen um it takes place from 2 p.m to 8 p.m central time on saturday may 21st and tickets are only like 20 bucks and you can find those at americangenrefilm.com goes to a good cause uh, they are a nonprofit um dedicated to making sure genre films don't slip away and uh, i'm a big fan cool. that's all of our news and now our feature presentation 
Babe, you gotta take a picture with this. Just be quick. Babe. Good afternoon, lunchtime, my classmates. Hi, Radu. All available units. We have a 19243. A good whale washed up with a nasty slice in its belly. Oh, I sure as hell wasn't no shark down there. Yeah, I'm guessing not. Something's out there. That's for damn sure. This week's episode, we watched Crabs, which you have to say like that because it has an exclamation point from director mm-hmm. Pierce Barrelsheimer. All right. The synopsis for Crabs is a horde of murderous crab monsters descend on a sleepy coastal town on prom night and only a ragtag group of outcasts can save the day. If it sounds silly, know that it is silly. <laughs> it's it was, um, I think. Uh, we we talked about this like when we were when we first saw the lineup for Panic Fest. It seems like this was the movie that everybody was like, "Oh, this seems fun." Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was the first movie I watched um, because mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I, "Yeah, like it's nine o'clock on like a Thursday." This this is exactly what I want to like end my day with, and uh, was not yeah. disappointed. This kicked off my panic fest as well. Well, the night before I had gone to the Joe Bob showing of Bubba Hotep, but I don't really count that because I had seen Bubba Hotep. So my first official panic fest movie was Crabs. And my bar was set pretty low. I was like, it'll be a good time, I bet. And honestly, I was surprised at how much I actually liked it. I did not expect to come out with it being the one I wanted about the top three that I wanted to talk about the most, but it's a fun movie. I have been trying to explain this to people because like it, admittedly, like the poster for this is terrible. Like yeah. it, it's a really bad looking poster and l- makes it look way cheaper and more awful than it actually is. Um, the, the thing I've been telling people is that it is like a 90s teen flick, you know, like a Disney or Nickelodeon, like we have to save the town mm-hmm. uh, movie that, had, you know, probably, you know, starred, you know, kids who were, you know, on all that or something. Um, and But 
as if it was directed by trauma because there's so much swearing and gore in this movie. Like everybody, yes. like the number of F-bombs in this movie are just astonishing, but they're, it, it seems a little gratuitous at first, but it gradually like goes down. But it's, yeah, it is, uh, the, af- the acting's a little iffy, but I think it, everybody's capable. Yeah, I I described it as, if you were to put American Pie, Spy Kids, and that bar scene from Gremlins in a blender, <laughs> you come out with crabs somehow. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. Like, I mean, the acting could be better in parts, but what I really liked about it is that every single person in this movie 100% committed to mm. what they were doing. Like, no question, everybody got it. Everybody committed to exactly what it is, and you have to in something like this. Otherwise, it comes out cheesy, and it's not. It's not cheesy in a bad way. Like it's silly, but it's not cheesy. I think that I, I think the word um, I would use is it's earnest. Like everybody, one hundred percent. Like what do my notes say? Like everybody in this film seems like they had an absolute blast. Yeah. Nobody acts like the materials beneath them. No. Nope. Um. Like. There, there is full commitment from everyone and nobody is playing it tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Like, I think everybody is playing it fun and not like, you know, Shakespeare or whatever, but like f- everybody, nobody is doing this with like a, uh-huh, like there's no winky yeah. naughty going on. Like everybody, like the teens are like gung ho, like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And in the lead, the lead actress and forgive me for not knowing her name um ali jennings she even has kind of a melissa joan hart 90s vibe about her like she she kind of has that feeling of like just you would see this character in all your favorite 90s flicks that are suitable for the family and now (laughs) here she is swearing and killing crabs and and uh it's really cool um I thought what was kind of fun is the way the film starts off. <laughs> it's just this couple having sex on a beach. And, and so you're like, Oh, okay. This is going to be kind of one of those tits and gore movies, I guess. And that's, that's it for the tits. That's all you yeah. get. <laughs> because after that, it becomes full on kind of wholesome, except <laughs> for the swearing and the gore. <laughs> I Yeah. It's one of those things where uh, crabs is a, a movie that, if if you could almost show this like it's kid friendly kind of like it's it's mm-hmm. good, like i think it's good entry level horror because it's not anything that's like going to scar anybody like, yeah um because uh like aside honestly from like the the explosion of the nuclear facility that starts out the movie which made me very worried because it is a very fake nuclear facility (laughs) with a very fake explosion over it you get like really nervous you're like oh it's gonna be like one of those like sci-fi movies where the cgi looks like it was done for maybe like 10 bucks more than birdemic yeah no practical effects there's like there are like rubber suits and like things being thrown at people and like blood just like pouring and spray (laughs) yeah it's like a gore concert Yes, there's so much, especially because, and this is actually true, uh, horseshoe crabs blood is blue. 
So like a Guar concert, you have the red human blood and then also blue other substance with Guar. It's not horseshoe crab blood, but (laughs) in this case it is. It just makes you want to walk across set wearing a white t-shirt just to say that you saw the show. (laughs) Now, like, uh, there are things like i love the fact that uh philip McAllister, uh as played by dylan riley snyder um like uh, our male lead uh like he is like a smart capable kid who also happens to be wheelchair bound um which like they don't use it for comedic effect which i really appreciate um but on the other hand of this um this is something i have seen come up in like a lot of reviews when i was reading about crabs uh and it is the is the character uh, as played by Chase Paget Radu. Is he racist? Yeah, and I think I think that the answer is no because you can't tell where he's from. Mm-hmm. So I guess if he's racist, he's it's a, it's racism against all the races because you're like, where is Radu from? What is Radu? My and- initial thought was. Oh, maybe this is Canadian and he's like French Canadian, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's it. I don't I know. Think, I think he's just supposed to be like generic Eastern European. Yeah. Um, but the it's, thing about it, he's a badass. Yes. <laughs> like, he, he, like he is, he is, he is a fez. Yes. Yes. He, so my first instinct with Radu as we enter the story was like, I hate this character. This is annoying. Is yeah. this going to be the whole time? By the end of the movie, I was like, Radu for president, Radu in everything. He's the best. I love Radu. Now, when we were talking about this film on Twitter, uh, the director and writer, Pierce Barrelsheimer, like, mm-hmm. was uh, reaching out to us and evidently. When this comes out on DVD and Blu-ray, there will be an entire commentary track recorded uh, by Chase Paget in character as Radu. Yes. And he said he thinks it might be funnier than the movie. I, so if that doesn't sell you the DVD for this, I don't know what will. Because I'm like, where? take my money. Where, <laughs> yeah. where do I buy it? I'm ready. Yeah, this way I was already like, oh yeah, no, I want to own this so that I can just be like, oh, you haven't seen it here, borrow. Yes, like, I want to show it to everyone. Uh yeah, this is uh definitely going on like the stack of like party movies where people are like, I don't know about it. Like, no, watch it. Like you, yeah. you, I want to talk to you about it. You will ha- you will find yourself at f- starting out very reticent and but yeah, within like five or ten minutes, you're just like, oh, this is like, I'm really glad I decided yes. to watch this. Like, I'm having so much fun. Once it hits you, like, what they're doing, you're like, okay, I get this. I get what's happening. I get exactly the vibe I'm supposed to get. And I don't know, maybe it's, maybe there are audiences it wouldn't hit with. But I think, I guess we must be in that perfect audience. Um, what I think is cool about it, you know, with comedy, with horror comedy, it's often either too much horror or too much comedy. This is definitely comedy with mm-hmm. some horror but it it works best that way it's, it doesn't walk the line it leans in comedy for sure and i think it it, it really works well because it is a, a monster movie like and mm-hmm. like monster movies always lend themselves to like comedy because i think 
the stakes are lower. Like you're you're dealing with like a creature that's already fairly unrealistic and kind of naturally silly. Yeah. Um, and like that's the hey, that's the reason all the Universal monster movies like ended up with Abbott and Costello, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, I mean, in this, you've got these horseshoe crabs, which are already kind of a weird, silly creature, <laughs> and to think that one could somehow leap up and attach itself to your face <laughs> is pretty out there and and like honestly the crazy thing is like we're not even getting into like the really crazy stuff that happens like in the back half of the movie which i feel yeah. like is le- best left uh being surprised by because like you you'll you have no idea where this movie is going to go and by the end of it you're just like it's like it's so so dumb but yeah it never lags it's never anything less than a good time yeah it every and uh, when you think you know where it's going sometimes it does go there but it takes like a side street where you're like oh this is happening over here i had no idea like there's a whole you know super 80s 90s movie montage of them (laughs) building something which is hilarious so final thoughts on crabs uh i think the end definitely sets up like a sequel which mm-hmm. i would hate if it wasn't 100 in line with this being like paying all the movies it pays homage to like yeah. um like all of those movies definitely also would end with you know the end question mark mm-hmm. uh, just in case, like, we don't know which one of these is going to hit. Maybe it's the next Godzilla and you got to get that sweet, sweet franchise money. But, yeah. Um, no, I, like, absolutely adored this movie. I haven't been so surprised since, like, Velocipaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, just completely charming and delightful. Stay through the credits to listen to the Radu song that basically tells you what's happened. And uh, watching the janitor clean up after the prom, all totally worth it. The the crabs, I I would love a sequel to almost have that kind of gremlins too. Who thought this up vibe where the crabs start to have personalities, that would be cool. Um, but I think that anything from this crew going forward, I will definitely be watching, and I am definitely eagerly awaiting the DVD release. I yeah it is it is top on my list of must buy Mm -hmm. Um, so uh yeah check out crabs 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 I'll be right back uh we're in we talk about what we've got uh coming up and going on uh what do you got going on the next couple of weeks julie well at a garage sale yesterday i purchased for a quarter a book called killer pizza it oh. is definitely a young adult reader if i'm excited to check it out it looks really fun <laughs> for a quarter you can't beat it um i also discovered that old is on hbo max the uh m night Shyamalan's most recent one 
And I have been wanting to see that. So I'm going to check that out. And I bought a DVD box set of all of the episodes of the Munsters, including four documentaries and the two feature length films. So I hope to dig into that as well. And how about you? Um, I get uh, screener links from the company Cheesy Movies every month. Um, hmm. Cheesy Movies is noted for being like very much like gray market. <laughs> like they put things out on DVDs or uh, on streaming and you're just like, I don't necessarily know if they have the rights to this or not, but <laughs> um, they send me Vimeo links. And so I check them out. Um, and uh, the the May uh, releases include um, All the Kind Strangers, which is a, a 1974 made for TV movie uh, starring John Savage and Stacey Keach. Um as well as uh, a Paul Nashy movie, uh, Horror from the Tomb. And uh, I think uh, aptly uh, after what we just watched, a uh, 1950s uh, monster movie entitled Attack of the Crab Monsters. So uh, that is that is my plan uh, It because uh, we are in the middle of graduation weekends uh, right now in Lawrence. Um, and I'm going to need something to relax after getting through all of this. Yeah, for sure. All right. That's our episode for this week. Thanks for listening to the Carnage Report. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. We can also be reached via email at carnagereportpod at gmail. And we would love to hear your suggestions for upcoming episodes, your suggestions for getting to know you questions, anything that is new to streaming or theaters that you might want us to watch and talk about, we'd love to hear. And if you have any questions for our getting to know you section, we would love those too. This we are all the Carnage Report Pod. So come join us in the family. Featured music in this episode is Mystery, Mist on the Moor, Gloom Horizon, and Nightmare Machine by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Julie, where can they find you on the socials? On Twitter and Instagram, I am Dark Humor Girl. I also write for ModernHorrors.com and DownrightCreepy.com. And you can find all of my coverage of Panic Fest, including my review of Crabs, at ModernHorrors.com right now. And Nick, where are you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at NuthousePunks. I am on Instagram at NicklausMouse. Uh, and you can find my writing um, at the pitch in kansas city where i'm the music editor as well as i've been doing a lot more on camera stuff for starburst magazine interviewing composers and stuff um, my most recent one was i talked with the composer behind the new um hulu miniseries uh candy uh, which is based on a true crime incident that happened in 1980 um and uh that was an absolute blast um and so you can check that out uh by going to starburstmagazine.com speaking of music can we go back to crabs for one second yes i loved all the music in crabs it all was... the songs i was like can i buy the soundtrack too yeah it was just like i i, I hope that like it a lot of like blu-ray and dvd companies are putting out uh like like adding like you can get the soundtrack as part of the collection mm -hmm. like on cd because cds cost nothing to make now yeah. um and i really i really hope or, or throw it up on spotify please like yeah uh, uh we 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 know you we know you hear us pierce barrelsheimer just just yes 
I, I want all these songs. If nothing else, I want Radu's rap. For sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news and horror where we discuss the new film, Hannah Bergholm's Hatching. Um, Julie, do you want to explain? I'll do my best. <laughs> In Hatching, a young gymnast who desperately who tries desperately to please her demanding mother discovers a strange egg. She hides it and keeps it warm, but when it hatches, what emerge what emerges will shock them all. And I missed this at Panic Fest because it was playing only against the Joe Bob thing. So and we think that this comes on Hulu on Tuesday. So by the time you hear this, it should be streaming. And if it doesn't we may have a surprise for you. So. Yes, if it doesn't, we will switch gears. But I think that we're both eager to see. This is another one where don't watch the trailer if you don't want to know too much because it shows maybe too much in the trailer. I think so, yeah. But thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Ah, another fun episode. Yes. Cool. Cool.